Hello, massage therapists. Today, Allie and I are exploring ways that we can all align with abundance. This is a topic that is pretty close to our hearts as it's become a living, moving process for both of us that we're constantly engaged with. So we hope you all enjoy this episode. Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hard-working, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Hi, Allie. Hey, Becca. I am super excited about our topic today. It's something I've personally struggled with, and it's taken me a long time to really work out a process that allows me to align with my abundance in my life. So the first thing for me, and this is a big one for me, um, it is stepping out of a scarcity mindset. And this is a constant practice for me. And I say practice because it constantly just needs to be in the forefront of my mind. Practice makes perfect, right? Totally. Practice makes practice. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe some of our listeners can relate to this. There was a point in my life when even though I was financially secure and life was really stable and positive, I was still dealing with this overwhelming fear and literal anxiety that I didn't have enough. Like I was literally creating this story that I was living on the verge of financial collapse that was totally fictional. Now, just to be clear, like I I think billionaires can have a scarcity mindset. And from the outside, that seems ridiculous. But literally anyone can experience and, and live in this, this mindset. So we're not going to dive into the why of this mindset, but more the steps to work our way into a mindset of abundance. Yeah, having a scarcity mindset or starving healer syndrome, unfortunately, describes an awful lot of us in the healing profession. We often operate from the belief, often unconscious, that we don't deserve to become wealthy or even financially comfortable from the work we perform, or that it's even possible to achieve financial independence as a holistic practitioner. We often struggle to pay bills, find time for self-care, and nurture our families, all while telling ourselves that we got into this work to help others, not to get rich. We tell ourselves that there are better practitioners than us who deserve more, that we don't want to take work away from others, that we don't deserve as much of what others expect from life. But the thing is, is that we work super hard. We work from our hearts. We give of ourselves each and every day in a way that many other professions simply can't fathom. And over time our hearts will start to break if we don't take care of them and ourselves. We also need to remember that by neglecting ourselves, we are also neglecting those we love. So therapist, I just want you to remember that our work is important. It helps improve lives. It's powerful, and so are we. 
And we deserve to be compensated fairly. We deserve to have money set aside for retirement, our children's college, and vacations. We deserve to be financially stable, and this is not selfish. It's called self-care. It prevents burnout. Breaking free from these limiting beliefs is an important step to master if we want to have any type of longevity in a field we love so dearly. The truth is, unless we take action to ensure a financially sound future for ourselves, we will always be scraping by, living paycheck to paycheck, wondering if we will have enough for the electric or groceries or unnecessary car repairs. No one can make these changes to our mindset for us but ourselves. We have to do the hard work involved if we want to achieve a more comfortable, sustainable life. And often, these limiting beliefs are deeply ingrained in us. They are messages that we receive when we're children, from school, from media, or from our churches. And taking steps to uproot these messages takes real courage. But I just want to say to you guys that you deserve to have a thriving, rewarding, supportive practice, a practice which not only provides you with the basics, but it also allows you to travel, save, and play. So today, I've come up with three steps for uprooting a scarcity mindset. One, identify that you are worth more. Belief is power. Start telling yourself that you're worthy of all the things you ever dreamed for your life. You deserved to own a home, to travel, and to be in a position that allows you to donate to charities. Two, forgive yourself for believing the opposite. We are all learning here, and you are no different. Being hard on yourself because it took you this long to get here will do you no good. In fact, it will only further damage your psyche. It's time to forgive and move on to bigger and better places. Three, take action to improve your future. Raise your rates, cut your expenses, devise a plan. Sometimes action means taking baby steps, but baby steps compound if you constantly take them. So start putting one foot in front of the other. Before you know it, you will be building a life that does better than just support you. It enables you to thrive. Understand that a scarcity mindset is not developed overnight. Thus, it takes time to break it down, but it is so worth it to break it down. Yeah, Allie, I, I love all of those tips. And you mentioned that, you know, our upbringing and stuff can impact this scarcity mindset. And I definitely came from poverty, poor roots. And so that was a big part of me not taking risks and holding a lot of fear. And it required some rewiring of my neural pathways. Yeah. And I definitely found some baby steps that helped me along the way. So can we hear them? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm definitely going to share. They were, they were huge and pivotal. So I noticed that, and I noticed this pretty young, I want to say in my early twenties, that if my personal space was clear and organized, my mind space was more positive and hopeful. So I love the journey that you've gone on with this decluttering mission. Oh my gosh, I'm so invested in it. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it echoes that yeah. uh, completely. So this allows you to move forward from a clear space and just create an, an environment of positivity. Uh, two, I had to re rewrite my scarcity narrative. And it helped to say out loud how I was rewriting it to actually have conversations with others about what I was grateful for. So being verbal and rewriting your narrative 
when your mind is saying, I can't do that. That's too much of a risk. I don't have enough money. Rewrite it. So when my mind was screaming, I don't have enough money. I can't do that. Everyone else can do that or whatever it was. I would literally say to myself, take a breath. I'm living in abundance. I have the opportunity, the capability to move forward with this and just rewrite it, rewire those neural pathways. So this brings me right into my third point, which is breathing techniques. I noticed that when I would get really worked up and stressed out and stuck in this scarcity mindset, my breathing, my breath would literally become shallow and fast. And when I noticed this, it was a game changer. I immediately started recognizing this behavior and would reroute this mental activity by taking some deep diaphragmatic breaths. And combine this with a positive sentence that reroutes that scarcity narrative that's running and just repeat. And every time you're just strengthening that new rewiring that you're trying to create. Number four, uh, the fourth thing, and this was a big one for me too, this one actually was super huge, is to be of service. And it can be in a small way, but giving to your community, there is nothing that takes you out of a scarcity mindset quicker. For me, I started volunteering for our local advocates organization, and I didn't give money. I didn't have the money to give. I had enough money, but I didn't have the surplus. So I gave my time. And this was just so healing to me. I feel like being of service shifts that focus from internal to external and starts giving us the gift of community. My fifth tip, and this is my last tip, but it was really important as well, monitoring my social media consumption. So I didn't even realize that I was comparing my life with these pretty still life pictures and that it wasn't doing me any favors. It only exacerbated and exaggerated the idea that I didn't have enough. My life didn't look like someone else's. One of the things I found interesting uh, that Ali mentioned earlier was that abundance can look like different things. Sometimes for me, abundance looks like a want to create more travel in my life. Um, Sometimes it's just as simple as creating more time and space for myself and my loved ones. And of course, at at times, it's all about the money. (laughs) But the big takeaway for me was that aligning with abundance it didn't always equal to making more money. Yes, abundance is not necessarily measured in dollar bills. Well, sometimes it is. Sometimes abundance means having more time freedom or the ability to live a life that allows space for travel. I know for me recently, there have been so many opportunities that I've had for picking up paying massage work, but I've chosen to turn them down because I'm trying to create more space for self-care, quality time with my son, and building my online business, which is just super important for me right now. And abundance doesn't necessarily just mean dollars. It means having good health and having time to pursue passions that I'm really excited about and time for healthy relationships to grow and develop. I think it's super important that we take time to reflect, journal, or mind map 
what an abundant lifestyle looks like for yourselves. What are the deepest desires that we hold for our life? By taking the time to get really super clear on what it looks like, we can better know what opportunities align with the lifestyle that will feed us the abundance that we desire in our life. Yeah, so, so true. You know, for myself, I had to take a hard look at the personalities that were in my life and really evaluate if those individuals' energies was uplifting me or dragging me down. And this part is hard, but it's so important to distance relationships that suck your energy, even if they've been in your life literally forever, and start to insert yourself in groups that echo your own abundance, positive mindset, like local groups and communities and even online communities. Yeah, yeah. It's such a hard lesson to learn though, right? Yeah, and it's just not something that we're kind of culturally taught to be selective about who you allow into your space and to evaluate those energies. And this includes like looking at yourself, evaluate your own energy. Am I uplifting the people around me or am I kind of sucking everyone's energy? An energy vampire. Yeah, and and be honest and just. I also love that you bring up self-care, Allie. This This is one that is so important to me. Whether self-care looks like going for a run, getting a massage, or being dedicated to healthy eating, it is self-care is literally that which fills your cup and nourishes your body and mind. So for me, self-care, I feel like it releases all these happy little hormone packages, and it just helps us be lighter and brighter to align with our abundance, positive mindset continually. <laughs> Another thing for myself, and this can probably be linked to evaluating, you know, your community, but finding an accountability buddy. And Allie's definitely one of my accountability buddies. I'm such sure. a lucky person to be your accountability buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being buddies with me. <laughs> it's definitely been a game changer for me, like from creative projects to health and wellness goals. You just find one person that you can rely on to hold you accountable to your goals. And I think Becca, like one thing that's kind of interesting here is like, I feel like I have a lot of different accountability buddies and groups that I'm a part of. And I think that they all serve different purposes. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's certain people that really hold me accountable to my health and wellness goals and other ones that hold me accountable to my business goals. And so it might not just be one person. Yeah, you probably you actually want to stay away from just one person being your accountability buddy for everything. So like I definitely have multiple accountability buddies for different things that I'm working on in my life. And I'm lucky to have found different people that, you know, are going to hold me accountable and I hold others accountable as well. It's, it's a, it's a two way uh, relationship. It's a, and it's an exchange. Yeah, absolutely. And like also too, like, I think that these partners, sometimes they come in for a season and sometimes they come in for a lifetime and having some respect around. It depends on what your goals are. Like an accountability buddy can literally be a trainer. Right. If you're trying to reach certain health and wellness goals, it can be an online program where you have a mentor who's going to help you stick to your, your path, a coach, you know, I mean, that is what an accountability buddy is, whether you're paying money for it or it's somebody that you're working in partnership with. The time frame is irrelevant. It depends on the activity. Yeah. Yeah. Or the yeah. goal. 
the reason that I like accountability buddies is because we'll usually let ourselves down, you know, yeah. like, eh, I'll put it off or whatever. But when it comes to someone else, like if you're letting someone else down, hell will freeze over before <laughs> you step into that, like disappointment and yeah. like letting someone down and not showing up. And I feel like it's kind of baked into our social and cultural architecture for the most part to not let other people down. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think another another thing here too is like, I sometimes find accountability by posting goals for myself just to my social media accounts. Yeah. And that's definitely a thing for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, that's using a social group to hold you accountable to what you say and yeah. what you say you're going to create and do. So yeah, that totally works. That totally works. Another thing that I think is super important for aligning with abundance is to continually learn. Yes, so yeah. important. Yeah. I think it can be as much as like just researching a dream destination's local culture and language to investing in programs and courses that propel you forward towards personal and professional goals. And so this may seem obvious, but taking these steps mentally and energetically move you closer to investing and actualizing your vision uh, of abundance. And this category can fall into education, but also action. It is so important to not just dream it, but to take steps, those baby steps, one foot in front of the other towards your goal. And ed education is an investment in yourself. Action's a funny thing, Becca. Once you start taking it, you just want to take more of it. So true. It's so true. Yeah, like you start to wonder, like, why did it take me so long to get in gear in the first place? It, it propels you forward in such a beautiful and magical way. Yeah, the hardest step on any journey is the first one. Once you get some momentum going, it just, you just, that energy is just pulling you forward. It just becomes easier and easier. Yeah. Okay, Allie. So let's talk about manifestation. To me, when people talk about manifestation, I immediately think of the secret and some of the more woo-woo people I've encountered in life that, you know, they say I manifested it and they're just waiting for shit to fall in their lap. <laughs> but there are some very real, real psychological and physical practicalities to the process of manifestation. There's actually some science to back up the woo. Yeah. So the first piece of this would be to distill what abundance looks like for you. And this can be done by freeform journaling, creating a vision board, mind mapping, really any creative way that interests you and intrigues you and will get you started is the medium you want to pick. And just really get clear and capture what abundance is to you, visually, auditorially, or tactily. Second, is to organize your vision into smaller and bigger mile markers that have an expiration date. For me, having those small little achievements and goals to work toward give me that immediate like endorphin rush uh, of those happy hormones when I get to check something off. Yeah, and it kind of propels you forward. Yeah, I've met a deadline, you know, and it's something that's achievable. So that should be really important. And third is to take action. Start ticking off those small, smaller mile markers that propel you towards your goals like we were just talking about. Those small mile markers snowball to big mile markers. 
And let's be honest, manifestation is not about waiting for your vision board to come to you. It's about being open to it happening and then walking towards it. We are rewiring some neural pathways here for sure. Lastly, is just all about reflecting on where you are and how you feel as you hit your mile markers and evaluate how that lands in your body. Be open to adjusting the plan if something isn't feeling right for you along the way and even when you reach your goal. I love that too about like once we reach our goal, it doesn't mean that it's all done then. Things change. So reevaluate. Yeah. And I like to listen to all the information that I'm getting. So from my peer groups, from my friends, from my journaling, and then also from my body. Our bodies give us a lot of information. and They hold a lot of wisdom. They do. Yeah. I mean, we can lie to ourselves, but our, our body like will literally never lie to us. It yeah. will tell us that, yeah. Things aren't working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my body's definitely done it to me over the years. Yeah, for sure. So y'all, there it is. Aligning with abundance is a process. One that takes a lot of baby steps day after day to start building the life that you always imagined for yourself. One that not only feeds you financially, but also spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So get out there and start taking steps. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.